It is time to tune up the band, and zeros up, M's down, for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, alongside Dan and Reardon, as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional wrestling. Gentlemen, it has been a week where the British summertime decided to go, you know what, as we're in the last month of summer, I'll just give you one more heat wave just before I say goodbye. How are we all doing in this... Yeah, not great heat. <laughs> As people have said, right, and I'm happy that the like people I work with who are from other places and like hit and like friends here, British heat hits different. Okay? Yeah, we will maintain this. It's because I there's have no been at work dying. There's no breeze in this country. It's... The concept of a breeze does not exist. Yeah, I've been I've been dying at work. Um, I've been repeatedly put in rooms with no AC. I am considering vengeance. I it's 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 mosquito time, and that's all I'm gonna say. Oh, it's not even that though, right? Uh, anyone that's like me and has even like the smallest body of water nearby them, you get the river flies. They can fuck off. Just flies. <laughs> fuck river flies. Me and my homies hate river flies. Like gnats. I hate them with a vengeance. Um, they bit my ankle twice, and I've still got the scars to show for it. Like there's that to it, um, and just like no no buildings in this country are designed to like buildings in this country are designed to absorb heat. And so you just kind of like you like you're at home or like you're at work or you're somewhere else and you're just like dying. Yes, the only places that genuinely have aircon are restaurants and supermarkets. Yeah, uh, I, I, I anyone I, anyone that wants the the pro tip, go to your local supermarket and like bask in front of the freezer section for a bit. Oh, absolutely! I went into Asda and it was an oasis. <laughs> Loved in summer, hated in winter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Apart from that, chaps, how have you? How have you been? It's been all right, honestly. It's been it's been a bit of a just a get on with the week sort of week. It really mm-hmm. has. It really has. I mean, with the I guess with the school year starting as well, it just seems like everyone's back to the daily grind of it all. I Although mean, this, pretty pretty much. I will say this heat wave has thrown off my. My my general like seasonal clock. It really has like because I was we... saying we were we were gonna be coming for like a mad hot October. Oh god, yeah. Don't say that, Dan. I'm sorry. I'm we sorry. All but knew. We all you're... knew. Like global that, that... warming is real. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, climate change is real, and all of those pumpkins are going to be on fire. I still remember a time. I think it was 2015. <laughs> Where in December it was twenty degrees still in December. Yeah, I remember right. that. This 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 year, your pumpkin spice lattes are going to be iced. Yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. much, pretty much. Dang it, I've I've been looking forward to the jumper weather as well. God dang it! <laughs> no, no jumper weather for you. Just once, maybe in thirty degree heat. No, I'll I'll mm. I'll end up getting a heat stroke if I keep doing that. No. Yes. Um. Anyway, we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms. We've said all, mierda. 
damn right. Damn right. We have zero fear in this podcast for pending. We will always be pending and always, always, always will be. I really want to try and do like the 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 A the AP with my fingers. I will figure that out. I think I can do it actually. I can do it. Oh, I figured it out. Oh, it's a shame that this isn't recorded. It's a shame. I've actually, I've actually figured out how to do always pending gang signs. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should, maybe we should have that as an, an incentive. Maybe we should have video versions of the podcast on the Patreon. By the way, patreon.com forward slash sweet chinwag. We will right. be updating that soon enough, and we will be coming out with new content in the near future. So I, I thought I figured it out, and then I figured out that I've got the wrong around, and then most currently reading PA pending always. No, 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 no. You gotta. It's the, all right. You know what? I'm gonna for for those kids at home. Do it. Come along. This is now the. This is now gang sign fear. Right. What you gotta do? You. It's the left. It's the left hand. Your left hand. You do yeah. the A, like you know, upside down peace sign, yeah. and then all you have to do is do the circle and. And put your middle finger downwards, and it will look like a P to yeah. that person. So it's literally that. Huh. It works. It really works. There you go. Got it. There you go. The 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 quality content you want from the sweet. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. 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 For it. <laughs> two Londoners. Guys, we now have our own official gang sign. <laughs> two, Lon- two Londoners talk about gang <laughs> Listen, we're not going to get into postcode wars, all right? No. That that that's look, that's a that's... whole different kettle of fish that does not need to have a wrestling podcast. We do not to need to it. release that into the wild. <laughs> so before we get on to the curse of Pentagon. I mean, we're making it sad more dramatic than it actually is. It's really not. We, it's time to visit Dad for this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 dun. Wrestling news. Now, here's um, the, yeah, go on, Dad. You said yeah. you, were, you were trying. Um, you're trying I mean, so here's, hard here's to... the key thing, right? There's one massive news story, and we cannot avoid it. So we're going to do it as short as possible. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> um, in the immortal words. Uh, CM Punk gone. <laughs> he really gone. He gone. He properly gone. <clears throat> but it's getting even worse now. Uh, it is. Apparently, he sent a uh, like a legal letter. He sent a legal letter to AEW. Um, I believe the day after a still where has been released from his AEW contract as well. I mean, he here's the key part to this, right? Here's the really key part. There are so many parts to this that, like, yeah. it's really hard to just tell anything. Yeah. So, yeah. I I think there's real merit in just not properly addressing this. If that makes sense, like he's gone from AEW. Yes. Yes. But and... I don't think there's any currency in trying to figure out, like, oh, what? Why is he gone? What's happened? Who's involved? Because, like, I it, like here's my thing, right? Realistically, any company with a functioning HR department would have fired him already by this point. <laughs> <laughs> this is yes, he yes he is a recognized draw. Yes, he brings in money. Yes, he sells merchandise. Is that worth keeping around for a hostile work environment? Probably not. I don't know. 
it does it doesn't it doesn't scream like great a, a great a great working environment for that sort of thing. And like ultimately whether or not you think that him going is a good thing or a bad thing, or if you think it's the result of his own actions, or you think it's the result of like this conspiracy formed by the Young Bucks, which, by the way, has been absolutely hilarious to read some of those. Yes, it's come to light, actually. Talking of the Bucks, it's come to light that the reasoning behind them not wanting to actually have a, a formal like meeting and discussion around table with Punk is the simple is is a reason because they actually said look we're gonna give him six months if he keeps himself out of trouble for six months then we're happy to talk with him that worked out well <laughs> i mean but like that's the thing though right if you're unable to go that period of time without something causing a problem let alone the fact of you've already had one issue. Mm. Like, the fact that... Like, you've had one incident which has gotten you into disciplinary conduct, and then the first thing you do is fight someone backstage. Or from, whether or not the, the, the backstage comment was a shitey thing to do is kind of necessary neither really here nor there. Yes. Because, like... Yeah, okay, Jack Perry should absolutely face disciplinary for that because that's just not the way you go about your yes, business. Exactly. But but equally, that doesn't give you merit to just start punching him. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. People, don't think of this as us siding with one or the other because, man, do I still have problems with the Young Bucks. Yeah, like, that's the thing, though, right? I'm like, yeah, like, the Young Bucks and, and, and like, people on that side of things don't don't help themselves. Yes. Like, by all means, in this situation, the Young Bucks are their own worst enemies. <laughs> oh, God, but, but, like, again, I have to stress, just because you don't like someone doesn't give you cause and merit to punch someone. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. And, like, obviously, there is a part of it where you could you could address the fact of there is a potential power imbalance by them being talent and also being EVPs. That That's an entirely real possibility. Mm. Mm -hmm. Same could have been said for Punk and his leeway that was given but, over on Collision but as like, well. Yeah, but, the, but this is the thing I'm going to say though, right? Mm. Which is like, if you're getting to the point where you're just being exclusionary and you're just like not even trying to make stuff work, then again, I feel like you do yourself no favors. Yeah, this is this is this is very true. Talking yeah, of I, all of oh, sorry, Rin. So I just got to I just got to say one thing about it. It it's just kind of annoying. It's the real like heartbreaking worst people you know make excellent points. Yeah, yeah. exactly. When it comes to CM Punk. Yeah. Because I imagine he's gotta he's gotta be thinking like this says like this in hindsight makes everything that like to to the contrary that the WWE said about me look correct. You know what? It's that thing. Which is a horrible thing to think about, right? It's got to be. It's got. You can't be living in blissful ignorance about. I said, like I said, the I said a while back. I say, since when did CM Punk decide to become the New York Yankees? The thing he he despised John Cena about in that. But this promo. is. The, but this is. But this is the thing, though. Like you reach a point where, like, you just go like post irony. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but all of this, and we talk about uh, the situation with Ace Steel is a very, very interesting I mean, one. So, 
So one of the conditions of Punk coming back was that they rehired a Steel. But here's the kicker, right, fellas? Another condition of that was that Ace Steel was owed back payments during the time where he was let go from AEW to when he came back to AEW. See, like, but the the thing with that is that that's obviously that's one hell of a condition. That is one heck of a condition. But like, you know, I I. I there's a situation where they, they they come to terms with that and they're like, okay, we'll we'll do that so that you can work. But then equally, again, you get to this current point now where you go, you work to create conditions for people you like to get back in, and and you still did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so 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 silly. I mean, I don't know if there's if there's going to be an unfair dismissal thing happening with the steel situation. Uh, I can only imagine that uh, there was a lot of apprehension towards it because the guy bit one of your EVPs in the arm. It's true. The man who was, well, let's be honest, the man who came out of it pretty darn kind of like, uh, or tried to keep the peace between everyone, but was the one that received the one of the worst injuries out of it, out of the whole that whole situation. <laughs> Oh man, it's gonna be. Uh, it's. I mean, ten years time when we start to see more of more of the, the more of the info coming out towards every all this whole situation, it's going to make for an incredible Vice documentary. Well, if Vice are even around at that time. I mean, Vice ain't around anymore, no. so <laughs> <laughs> it'll make a very good four oh four news. I think that's what some of them are doing now. Or it could Something be. A, like it could be the sequel to will... Wrestling with Shadows, couldn't it? <laughs> I think it will make a very interesting two-hour video essay in the future oh. and of YouTube. Oh, Super Eye Patch Wolf, incredible, incredible. I was going to say, forward to I was it. Gonna say don't, don't expect me and Joseph to do something like that because nah, you, you guys ain't you guys ain't touching that. Nah, I mean, right. I mean, because there is something we're doing at the end of the year that kind of ended very prematurely over a certain person's actions that happened at Wembley, but that's as much as I'm going to. Uh, you know. That's, it is what it is. That's as far as I'm going to go with that, because he's not announced anything in that regard. Anyway, anything else in the news that isn't CM Punk related? <laughs> um, really, I mean, realistically, not really. Um, there's a few bits here and there, um, like the tournament they're currently having, Samoa Joe, I believe, advancing. Yes, yes, the Grand Slam tournament to, to crown the new number one contender. Um, I liked the promo between Max and Joe. Like that was very yeah. good. They they hearkened back to when MJF was a was a security guard in NXT, and Joe just pushed him out of the way. I love that clip still of MJF oh, trying great. to get in front of Joe, and then Joe's like, "Fuck off." Um. Yeah, just a few other kind of smaller things here and there. Really, I think though, I guess with that, we're mostly done with the news. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, before that, of course, we did get the best moment of the week, which was Tony Storm and Renee Paquette backstage, where oh, Tony yes. Storm said, chins up, tits out, and watch for the shoe. And then when she threw a shoe at Renee Paquette's head. <laughs> but yes, with that, we are done with the news. Reardon, it's over to Recommendation Corner. What have you got for us this week, sir? Guys, what do you feel... How do you feel about Borat? Mm. 
It's 2006. Now, <laughs> um, I, I do find the comedic value, the, the cringe factor of, of, of his humour to be quite, uh, quite funny, especially when it's, when it bamboozles Americans. Well, you're in luck because we're in, it is, it, we are back in 2020. And his and his thoughts and feelings no longer bamboozle Americans for better or worse. As I am recommending Borat two or Borat's subsequent movie film. Ah, oh, Borat two, a, a, like, a, a fitting time capsule into the world as it was in twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. Again, for better or worse, <laughs> it is a quite a fascinating mm. watch. As it seems like it, it's real interesting. It's actually oh, a yeah. really interesting, and I dare I say it's a better movie than Borat. Did, did I? I didn't say funnier because I don't know if it's funnier, but it's definitely <laughs> it's, a, it's a more coherent film. Yeah, it is a more coherent film, and that's saying something, especially with certain people being in that film. Yeah, it is just. It does a lot, and it's actually a really kind of fascinating little movie. <laughs> and I, mm. I can't really, I can't really. All I can say, however, is that I really want to emphasize how good the the Maria um, Bakalova, I think Maria Bakalova as Borat's daughter is. Mm. She's so good in this movie. <laughs> like, like she she put herself in basically. American political history by almost a completely outing Rudy Giuliani, which plays out in the movie like a horror movie. But like, but like, think of that as a concept, though. Yeah, Rudy Giuliani, former like chief attorney, chief attorney for like the state of New York, <laughs> yeah, being yes. like rumbled by. Borat. <laughs> it still makes yep. me laugh that in that film you will get all of that along with a couple of QAnon's conspiracy theorists, Mike Pence, and Tom Hanks. Yeah. And also and also it's a it's a movie where there are numerous numerous jokes about about women in cages and also the QAnon guys are some of the most wholesome people in the entire movie. And that's saying something. <laughs> It is fascinating. It, I do, which I did not know. It earned her, it earned uh, Maria an, an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actress, yeah, which, it did. which is really well deserved. Honestly, I believe she won the Critics' Choice Award for Best Supporting Actress. Was also nominated at the Baftas for Best Supporting Actress as well. Yeah, like it's a really good performance. Uh, I will say as well that uh, Rudy Giuliani won the Razzie for Worst Supporting Actor and the Worst Screen Combo, which was Rudy Giuliani and his pants zipper. I kid nice. you not, that was the best worst, the worst screen combo. Alright, the, ra the Razzies get that one. They get, they get the that one. one. They get that one. So no, if you haven't seen it, I do actually recommend it. And yeah, of all things, Borat. Let's go. Apparently, the Kazakh American, like a lot of Kazakhstan American Americans, really liked that second film. 
above really the, above the first one it received a much more uh, mixed reception there are there are a lot that didn't I was going to say cuz I know I know I understand well that like yeah. the first one was like is like hated yes. yeah for for good reason yeah but for good reason absolutely but this one apparently a lot of kazakhstani people or kazakhs really like the film as a matter of fact the tourism board of kazakhstan actually ended up using very nice as a way to promote visiting kazakhstan wow <laughs> in wow. response to that film it's crazy <laughs> anyway talking about very nice very evil no uh we'll do it that house episode <laughs> in the future no it is time to get on to our episode the curse of pentagon junior fellas before we get on to a little little a tiny retrospective and then going over some of the things to bring this up what do we think of Pentagon? I mean, I know your answer. I'm going to give Raiden the floor to start with. Obsessed. <laughs> Obsessed with that man. <laughs> Everything about him is a delight. Obsessed. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Look, I don't know the move set. The, the look. The move set. His entire vibe. <laughs> it. It's like they built him in a lab for my interests. <laughs> like. <laughs> Unbelievable. Just This is why you'll never hear Pentagon slander on the Switch. <laughs> there, will be, there will never be Pentagon slander here. He can we'll do not no allow wrong. it. I don't I don't care. I don't what care. Is there, what is there to slander? Yeah. Okay, he maybe does too many moves at times. Bon you, that's Lucha. I have heard no bad things of him as a person, mostly because he basically keeps to himself like a damn cryptid. That's t- which is honestly perfect. He just wrestles and sells shirts, like that's it. The man he 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 sells shirts, he wrestles, he screams zero merdo, and and looks after his daughter who seems to be slowly turning into him which is a terrifying concept but i'm also all about it i i, I second I penta it. has entered <laughs> entered the wrestling industry <laughs> talking of him actually selling t-shirts he actually sells masks as well at his meet and greets as a matter of fact he yeah. also does very regularly sell the mask off his head as well it's quite a common thing. He does a very cool trick of being able to take the mask off and put a, another one on at the same time <laughs> without him, without his face being revealed. So he kind of gets the Beautiful. one that he's going to put um, on on the back of his head, takes the one on his head off, and then goes, boom, boom, like that. <laughs> um, when I went to um wrestling company that shall not be named, um, they had a luchador there, and uh, that luchador was selling masks that he had worn in like previous matches, mm. and you could buy them. And they were like, I mean, they were like five hundred quid, but I mean, I'll, I'll say I'll give respect to Aerostar when I saw him over here. He was selling his like, you know, Mexico's very prevalent for selling like sh- like the street markets have like the cheap masks, the cheap lucha masks in street or like street yeah, yeah. have. He had a whole like box of them, and he sold out of all of those Lucha Aerostar street masks. Yeah, <laughs> they know. They know that people will clamor for a Lucha mask outside of Mexico. Absolutely, absolutely. Will. You tried to you have tried to buy a Lucha mask over here? Yes, actually, it's fucking expensive. <laughs> yes, that's that's the problem. 
Aside from the one time when I randomly was able to find a guy selling Sin Cara masks. Would you still have that Sin Cara mask? Though? I have two of them. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. You're big... well, you, think I'm just gonna get... you think I'm just going to get rid of them? No, Disrespect no. Sin Cara like that? No, no, no. You're much more of a fan of Mystico, aren't you? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a huge Mystico mark. <laughs> yeah. Um... If it's not obvious, as as a collective, we all love Penta. See it purely for the fact he looks crazy and does all the good lucha thing. Come on, yep. right? The dude wears a mask with a skull on it. That's like A1 cool. He's, yeah. he's the Mexican samurai we never thought we needed. He, like he wears a skull mask and then paints the rest of his rest the, the bits of his face into that of a skull. Look, right. Lucha Lucha masks in general are a cool concept, right? We all yep. grew up around Rey Mysterio and we're like, holy shit, I wanna be him. I mean I, I grew up with hate... La Parker, so you know it's... <laughs> I mean look, come on, you don't wanna be La Parker, what can I do for you? Um Right, it's cool as shit. Then yep. you see him wrestle, and you're like, holy shit, I've never seen this before. This is crazy. Hence, I'm going to defend him the other week for doing that silly Canadian destroyer, destroyer right. spot with Orange right. Cassidy. We're, 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 we can talk about this. All right, we'll do it now. We're going to talk about let's it. Do, let's do it do, do, do I think it is stupid? Yes. yes. Do I agree with it? No. Right? <laughs> Frankly, you can have too much of a good thing. Exactly. I, yes. feel, I feel like this. Here's the thing. Amazing Red did once did the Canadian Destroyer. Scott Damore showed Petey Williams the Canadian Destroyer. And then everyone in Mexico saw Petey Williams do it and went, you know what? I think we found the new shit, guys. <laughs> All right. Can you do too much? Ab like, absolutely. All of that. Right. It was absolutely too much. Am I going to be here, though, and say that this is what's killing wrestling? No. 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 <laughs> no. Like, is, it, is, it, is it dumb? Yes. Does it work in a match? To be honest, for me, not really. Mm. Listen, listen. If you really want to... I, I mean, I highly disagree on the entire concept of X is killing wrestling because wrestling is, is, is in a bit of a renaissance, in my honest opinion. Yes. But... Even if we were to take that as like a given that yes, that like wrestling is dying, Penta isn't the man killing it. No. It just, it just isn't true. You can't, you can't tell me <laughs> that that spot is killing wrestling, or that Penta's style of wrestling, or just lucha, modern lucha in in the U.S. Indies is killing wrestling. Which a, it's just a fucking loaded take in itself because wrestling yeah. is still fucking thriving in Mexico. Yes, so. No like, clue there. Right, I'm not going to get into the whole fans have different understandings and cult wrestling cultures, whatever. But you cannot tell me that shit is killing wrestling when people, <laughs> when, when the casual observer finds it cool, and there's fucking NWA out there <laughs> giving us fucking Tyrus versus EC3. You yeah. cannot tell me. Just... I, I saw clips of that Tyrus match, me and too. I wanted to die. <laughs> That is the worst big splash I've ever seen anyone. It's so worst. Some of the worst wrestling I've seen. Period. And I've seen people's training matches. <laughs> Just that is saying. Yeah. That is. I am. I am putting it out here right now. I could have a better match than Tyrus. 
Yeah, I think anyone with a paper bag on their head could have a better match. Than I've Tyrus. done like one pro wrestling class, and I reckon I could do better than Tyrus and be more convincing. You know that. You know that blindfold match at lockdown between James Storm yes. and Chris Harris. That was a better match than freaking <laughs> Jake Roberts in Heroes of Wrestling was better than. Oh, okay, okay. I haven't seen this match, but let's not go okay. nuts. Okay, Heroes, Heroes of Wrestling is bad, but you know what? Part of that is purely the fact of it's people way past their point. Yes. Tyrus believed he still had it. <laughs> there, I said it, I said it. I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying that as well. You're going to get in so oh, much you trouble. We probably will, but whatever. Oh, well. <laughs> Oh, well. I get to stand in front of a court, and then when they're like, "Do you believe in your honest opinion that Tyrus is a bad wrestler?" I go, "Yes." yes. <laughs> <laughs> I second that motion, Your Honor. <laughs> your Honor, it can't be. It can't be slander because I believe this is a true statement. <laughs> <laughs> to quote the old, weathered, million-year-old Robert Fish, I mean, folks, where's the lie? Oh, God. Anyway, should we get on with the Curse of Pentagon Junior? Yes. Ah, the Curse of Penta Oscuro, the the Curse of Pentagon. Penta El Zero Miedo. Pentagon Uh, Dark. Pentagon El Zero Miedo. Penta El Zero. Penta El Zero M. (laughs) (laughs) Or his very first gimmick, which I'll get on to. Actually, no, I don't want to reveal it because you'll laugh, actually, what his first gimmick was. Anyway. What is his name? Nobody knows because he's that mysterious, as is the tradition in Mexican Lucha Libre. No one knows who he is, but all we do know is that Ray Phoenix is his brother. (laughs) I love that, like, it's so great that we don't actually know his name, and yet we know he has a brother. We know know he has has a family. Yeah, we have seen him with his children. Like... He's like, the, we... he's like the modern equivalent of when you're reading through historical texts. Mm. And like you know about like the king and the king's son, and then there'll be like a document which says their names, and you just find out they've got like relatives on there that no one ever mentions. Mm. Yeah. So I love it. So what we do know for certain is he was born in 1985. He was born in Veracruz, Mexico. It's exactly. It's not exactly clear though how he got into pro, like pro wrestling. I think it might have been a familial connection that he was able to get into pro wrestling. But what we do know is that he first began wrestling as, and I shit you not, Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas, no, Doctor Zayas, Doctor Zayas, no, Dr. no, you're Zayas, lying. Dr. Zayas. Oh, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> you are lying. No, he made his debut in 2007, working as the masked character. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> How can anyone hate this man? It's impossible. It's just the best. So what we do know, we actually what we do know is that he was trained by Guanapache and then and, and Skade as well. That we do know for certain how he was trained and made his debut in 2007, eventually making his way to Triple R in 2010, where he worked. Frankly, at- I would love it if we just found out that Penders like dad was just like a really well-known luchador yes like like it would just be it would just be really funny just to have all this mystery and then just be like oh yeah by 
by the way, my dad's just like this guy everyone knows. <laughs> he is the he he is the he's like I want it to be like an uh, a man in the Iron Mask where he's secretly the where he's secretly like a descendant of El Santo just because that'd be hilarious. Yes, yeah. he wants he wants to beat the Nepo baby allegation. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's terrific, and some luchador needs to take that and run with it. <laughs> So he did originally work in Triple R as Dark Dragon, eventually dropping that and then given, originally becoming Phoenix eventually. Actually, no, no, no. He was Pentagon, but it was Phoenix that came along soon enough and was actually known as Mascara Oriental first. They actually came together as Dark Dragon and Mascara Oriental before eventually becoming Penta and Phoenix. Um, so yeah, that is where we are in the early time. And he would eventually, of course, make his way up into Triple R making his name known in Mexico, eventually, of course, making his worldwide fame in that little promotion on the El Rey network called Lucha Underground, which takes us, funnily enough, into the bunch of matches that we watched for this uh, little, little tiny retrospective uh, overview of Pentagon. So the very first match I sent you guys, of course, because of course I had to, was the Cerro Miedo match between Pentagon and Vampira. <laughs> Bro, I mean, the thing about this is that, like, it's why when I say about, like, when you're making a promotion, it, like, it really doesn't matter. As long as you get people in and you build things around them, yes, like, it, it, so much else doesn't matter because you can just make it all work. And, like, there are many points where I feel like Lucha Underground was simply a vehicle for Penta to exist. Yeah. I absolutely, but, yeah. But like, I love it though because it's so perfect. It fits him so right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. As much as I love, as much as I love, like Penta's, Penta's later work and current work. Like, you, I mean, come on, you guys know me. Like, Lucha Underground really was his home. Bro, the it, Lucha, the Lucha Underground Penta arc hits hard. It really does. Like. I love how they went with Pentagon. You know what? He is a martial arts master luchador. And yeah. he's basically, his whole thing is basically in the first arc. His first arc is going to be breaking his opponent's arms, dedicating it to his unknown master. And and let me just say, right, the whole, the whole like, I'm going to call it the gimmick of him doing the arm breaker and the ref just ending the match there cold yes yeah so that good cold. <laughs> so good <laughs> oh so let's talk about this the season finale ultima lucha uh in 2015 penta versus vampiro in vampiro's first match in over 10 years at that point after numerous neck fusion surgeries he goes and has a hardcore match with, <laughs> with penta <laughs> You can you can take the man out of the business, but you can't take the business out of the man. <laughs> yeah, just like what are you doing, Vampiro? Oh my lord! I mean, first of all, he comes out dressed in the best ghost cosplay I've ever seen. I was gonna say he's been listening to his ghost recently. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was like when was this? It was like two thousand four. 2015. So we're basically. I think this is like the peak of when their popularity starts to skyrocket. Honestly. They would have been what a little bit before Meliora. Yeah. 
Sorry, this is all ghost lore for the non-ghost listeners. I, I am a non-ghost listener, so I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Tell a lie. Depending on it, Meliora could have just come out. It could have. It could have. August August 2015. All I'm saying is he got the he got the demonic priest look. <laughs> yeah, he's got the whole demon pope attire. And I love the fact he doesn't take it off all the way until like I think they're at two to three minutes in the match where they're fighting in the crowd. Yeah. But by God, it's like, well, look, here's the thing. Vampiro's much older. He's had neck fusion surgeries. He can't move as well as he used to. So what do you do? You walk and brawl. And then yeah. you bring the weapons out. And you know what? It works bloody fine if you ask me. We get all the no, spots. No, but like, this is the thing, though, right? This match works. Yeah. It really like, they, 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 like they, they, they really make it work. And I think... Part of that is obviously just like you know knowing the boundaries and knowing what you can and can't do. Yes. But like just giving everything time to like giving thing time to settle, but also just like from the start being like, nah, we're going big. Just like get the chairs out now. Yes. Yes. Get the tacks out. Get the light tubes. Oh boy, did they whack themselves over the head of the light oh, tubes? Oh god, it was so nasty. <laughs> And as is always accustomed with ultra-violent matches involving Penta, of course, the mask has to get ripped off at one point. It does. It gets ri- To a point where I'm like, yo, am I going to see his face? Because, like... Nah, because you know full well, once the mask gets ripped off of Penta, he's going to be bleeding profusely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. There's so much blood, it just works as a secondary defense. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is, it is, I've never, like, we talk about the Crimson Mask, this is literally a Crimson Mask. Like, there is something very special about watching, uh, especially Penta, just draw blood, because there's just that, that mask, half ripped off, bloodied, and just the, because of course he wears the white contacts as well, it just looks so fucking demonic. <laughs> Well, yeah. it's, like, it's like when they, 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 they mention it in the match where they're like, he's coming out and he's got a lot more white on his gear than usual. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, we're oh, going like this. Oh, hello. I, 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 yeah. I, however, I got I to gotta say, I got I to gotta just, for my own, for my own, like, satisfaction, that I don't know who does it, but whichever announcer was talk, was doing that long winding parable about heaven and hell i needed him to stop <laughs> i think yes. unfortunately that was matt striker yes <sighs> it was matt striker of which of which one thing i will say is that man lucha underground did work because it made matt striker seem like a competent commentator yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i was literally like yo shut up man <laughs> It's the fact that he's screaming the entire time as yes. well. <laughs> yes. Um, but one thing I will say about this match that I, I, I do love is just the the, the the small spurt where um Vampiro just like starts working the moves. Yes. Because like the thing is, is obviously he understands the limits of what he can do, but the dude has so much snap. <laughs> he really does. Really does. Bro like snaps before he hits the ropes, but I'm here for it. <laughs> God damn it, Vampiro! Damn, but no, this, is... just, this, mm. this, this just this just goes like zero to a hundred and just doesn't stop. It does not yeah. stop. I mean, that ending spot with the table—holy! Yeah, and he's Holy. on fire. Like he is 
on oh, fire. Yeah. It's like, like they he try like they try their best like Penta and, and Vampiro with as I said with his with, with how limited he can be even though he can still snap they do try for an, a huge uh, choke slam I think the hope was as soon as they hit it that Vampiro would immediately kind of like quilch the flames as usually is the case with table spots but yep. no Vampiro goes up in flames as well yep. And he's rolling, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, no, no, stop. The guy is trying to extinguish you. Yeah, like, the guy is actually on fire. Like, properly on fire. And fight, but by God, mm-hmm. was that good, did that end the match? Because I don't think you could have gone much, on much no. longer. Yeah, yeah, like, that's enough. The man is on fire. And of course, the big reveal after that is after Vampiro urges Pentagon to break his arm. It's then revealed that Vampiro is the actual master. It's Pentagon's unknown <laughs> master, which is, uh, I think, one of the kind of the best reveals of the story at the end of season oh, one. Oh, yeah. Of, of Lucha Oh, it's great. It's great. And one of the things that's so good about it is that, like, they spend so much of this match just being like, you don't have to do this. Yes. You don't, you don't, you, you don't have to go. You don't have to put yourself through this. You've gone for all the surgery and everything, and then he's like, "Nah, I fucking know what I'm about, son." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a what a what I like. What a match! As I said, a great end to the season one of Flipping Lucha Underground. We've talked about mm-hmm. it. You can find that on our Lucha Underground episode from a couple of years back. Uh, it was great to go back and watch this one, honestly, in terms of my. If, in my goopy gremlin brain of, of 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 that sort of match, I I absolutely adored watching it back again. It has not it has not lost its luster in a long long time, and because of that, in that first season, Penta's popularity, of course, skyrocketed in terms in especially over in America, uh, and it was from Lucha Underground that he would en- eventually start getting booked at Pro Wrestling Guerrilla over in Los Angeles. He would make his debut for PWG in the 2015 Battle of Los Angeles. How appropriate that I give you another that I give you another match and a great segue into the next match I showed you guys. It's his uh, second round match with Zack Sabre Jr. at the 2015 Battle of Los Angeles. It's almost like we planned this. Almost, <laughs> almost. <laughs> now, it's 2015. PWG crowd is hot. I think the UK scene is at its absolute zenith. Mexico, of course, with Lucha Underground is really making waves. And of course, I think the crowd were very hyped to see these two go up against one another. What I like about this match, in particular, going back to it, is that Penta was very uh, was very on the ball with Zack in terms of not doing too much Lucha, but actually complimenting him on Zack Sabre Jr.'s technical uh, prowess. Mm-hmm. I did like the many uh, an inventive submission holds that Penta would put Zack in, like using his legs to kind of like um, capture him and like capture his arms and push his head. Or is that there was that one spot with like where it looked like a tombstone, but he grabbed his like his his legs, his feet, and then just yeah. bent the bent the feet back, <laughs> making him look like a pretzel. What I will say though is that Chuck Taylor. And fucking Excalibur. <laughs> Again, fucking PWG commentary, those two. They said so unbothered by everything. <laughs> Chuck especially. <laughs> Always 
sounded so unbothered or unfazed by a lot of stuff, but it was always oh, Excalibur yeah. as the hype man. You gotta have Excalibur doing all the crazy stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Crowd were into this match, as as a receiver, oh, yeah, crowd always were. But they were so into this match. Was there anything kind of like highlights that you guys that have general thoughts about this match that you found in particular about uh, Pentagon? It's just the way these two complement each other. Mm. Like that's that that's really it for me. They they just really play off each other really well, and you get like lots of little avenues for Zach to do his stuff and for Penta to do his stuff as well. Exactly. And it's like exactly. it's like the way that they make it work. I do like the 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 Kent coming out of Zack Saber Junior at one point, going, "Here's your fucking lucha libre." Goes for a sp- <laughs> like goes for the split leg uh, springboard, but then gets German suplexed into the top turnbuckle. <laughs> Fuck it, I I just love the "Here's your fucking lucha libre." <laughs> <laughs> Now, a great match from these guys. Of course, Zack Sabre would go on to win uh, Bowler 2015 at yeah. the end of that. But um, Pentus, uh, I think Pentus cemented his status very much as a regular in PWG from that point forward. Which oh, yeah. takes us to Bowler of the next year. <laughs> oh, my God. And the eventual, of course, meeting between the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks. The first of them. The first of many meetings that these two teams would have. Now this, dare I say, is at this point the Young Bucks at their most obnoxious. I, no, I dare yeah. I say that. It's, uh, it's quite possible. It's, it's quite possible. It's pre-AEW obnoxiousness. <laughs> I think it's definitely the word. And so, of course, they're playing up to the crowd hugely and i think the crowd have been wanting to see these two go at it for a very very long time and if anything want to see um the lucha bros win i think that's the very much what i got from this (laughs) but man these two guys these two teams already hit it off the bat within the first meeting oh absolutely i I feel like they very much get each other yes it's dare I say the only team where, um, where, where the young bucks haven't been too stupid, and that's saying something if you know what I mean. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like that's tough to say. I don't know because there's something. I feel like they can go overly stupid given the the, the opponents they sometimes have. Although there have been opponents sometimes that they've been up against with that actually do are able to kind of subdue them. And I dare I say that Lucha Bros at this point may have slightly subdued them. It doesn't come until, of course, we get to that match, which we are going yeah, to talk about, where they say, get a bit silly. I think that, I mean... Mm. I, think most, I think most of it comes from the fact that, of course, they're standing against two of the best modern Luchadors... Yeah, of, of, of the age. So really, what can they do <laughs> to try and <laughs> that take is them? Fair. I mean, of course, we get the 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 the, the Meltzer driver, the Meltzer driver to the outside, which was actually a yeah. really cool spot where Phoenix gets picked up by Matt Jackson after he tries a to tope con Hilo. Uh, we get, of course, the usual Nick Jackson heat spot where he kind of does like the the, the blaze of glory spot where, of course, he does the he does the the uh 
toe breaker, and then he does the the, the quick Asai moonsault to the outside. We get Penta dumping Matt Jackson on his head with a with a with the apron bump uh package pile driver. Loved that. Phoenix <laughs> just being fucking awesome as per usual. Some great high spots from Phoenix in this one. Yeah, Phoenix is so good. I, 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 you know, I do want to take a moment here and give him his flowers. Yes. He is so good at what he does. Yeah. It's just a shame he's not a giant skull man. <laughs> like He's a tiny skull man. <laughs> he is a tiny skull man. It's a shame he isn't just a little bit of a bigger skull man. You know what, like, you know what makes me laugh, though, Rinan, is that he's one inch taller than his brother. Or one inch smaller really? than his brother. He's one inch smaller than his brother is what I should say. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He isn't like that. You know what I think is literally how Penta carries himself. Yes. <laughs> he looks he, he looks like a head taller than this dude, even yes. though. I'm, I'm <laughs> going to say this is the thing, but I feel like visibly Penta is wider. Yes. Phoenix <laughs> is narrower. Yeah, that's, that is what does and it. And it kind of has a weird visual effect on them. I'm surprised that this match only went 14 minutes as well. I'm surprised at that because it involves the Young Bucks in Peter. That's what I meant. (laughs) That's exactly what I meant. No. They should Logic dictates this should have been at least 26. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is true. Yeah, 14 minutes, 30 seconds is how long the match lasts. But there was a lot of hot dogging and grandstanding at the beginning, which kind of elongates its length somewhat. But... Apart from that, honestly, in terms of their very of one of their first meetings, you could definitely tell the seeds were being sown for an epic classic. But... I just get the feeling that they had that match. They saw like Phoenix two seconds in, and were like, "Oh, we've we've we've, we've got the formula." <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. That's literally literally it. <laughs> All right, let's take a jump back to Lucha Underground. We are now in Pentagon Dark's phase, and he is being pursued. And hunted by the Black Lotus Triad. And I decided to take one of the first matches that he has with the Black Lotus Triad. Should I should I spit some Black Lotus Triad lore? Yes, please. Real quick. I um, love the, the Black, Black Lotus Triad. Okay, the Black Lotus Triad were a group of wrestlers that were being paid by the owner of the owner and like head of Lucha Underground, Dario Cueto. Uh, to protect him from other wrestlers who were um, female wrestlers brought over from Japan. Yes, uh... they are like they are meant to be like Dario Cueto's like hired elite guard. They're meant to be like his Valkyries or something. Yeah, basically, <laughs> pretty much the Stardom Valkyries, basically. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember um, the name of the woman who led it though. Um, I can remember all the ones that were in the match, but yes. I can't remember who led it. It's the the name escapes me of who it was. Let me just have a. If we're going to doing this, um, uh, I know uh, Yure, which was Mayu Iwatani. Yeah, there's there, there's do, 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 which was Doku, Doku Yure and Hitakiri. Yes. Doku is uh Kairi. Uh, Iyoshirai. Hit- or Io yeah. Sky is Hitakiri. And then, yeah, Mayu Itani is Yure. I can't remember the other one, though. The woman who comes out in the last match. Oh, gosh. I can't. Oh, for the life of me, I can't remember, Dan. Can't remember. Oh. Give me a moment. 
it was Black Lotus, wasn't it? Oh gosh. It could just be Black Lotus. Who was, if if memory serves me correct, she was. Oh, I know she was a Canadian wrestler. I can't remember for the life of me who she was. But anyway, yes, this match: Penta Dark versus uh, Kyrie Sane or Doku. Man. What a delight! What a delight! I'm just people. <laughs> now here's the thing: I know intergender matches are a thing that a lot of people aren't particularly keen on which is very valid very fair um but if you ask me a lot of people are very much like uh oh but they can't be this that and the other pent here's the thing luchadors are incredibly soft with one another whilst being able to make each move look stiff as anything yeah penta, penta says fuck you <laughs> yeah penta literally went you know what we're gonna do i bet he went to curry and went you know what we're gonna do i'm just gonna throw you about and make it look like fun for about 10 minutes. <laughs> Penta said, you go to hell, you die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, 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 the mental image of of Penta drop-kicking Doku and her just, like, basically getting anime lifted off the air. Yeah. Because she's straight, she straight up, like, Gmod ragdolls. Yeah, like, the great thing about Kairi Sane is that she has a way of making her body... Like it's it's like she like has a way of turning off her bones. Yes, her body has crumple zones. Yeah, yeah, that is it. Her body has crumple zones, and you see it. That's that is why her 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 elbow drops are so good <laughs> <laughs> because it looks like all of the weight in her body just hits the just goes into her arm. Yes, that's what happens when she turns her body into a right angle. Yeah, yeah, that, that's literally it. <laughs> that no, that's that, oh my god, that that's the best line. I've that been. is that is the best description. I'm I've so ever happy she it. does the insane elbow though twice. As a matter of yeah. fact, yeah. Penta decides in the second go. You know what? I'm gonna rip your arm. <laughs> yeah. Well, time for arm breaking. <laughs> Again, though, I love it though. Where he just he just there f- finds a way to catch her, and it's just like your arm gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, may I just say one of my favourite spots though was the gorilla press or the ma- military press onto the apron. <laughs> oh, that's so Kyrie good. Sane was there going like, "Yeah, I'll just turn my bones off." <laughs> <laughs> so great, so great. <sighs> great match, great match. If anything, Absolutely I'll match. say you this, everybody: Penta was a hell of a lot softer on Kyrie than Nia Jax ever was. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'll be here and say. Find out, find the whole episode. Watch all the matches. It it's great. It's great. So so. Mayu cool. Iwatani just absolutely ragdoll and Penther about. It's great. <laughs> so with the uncertainty of Lucha Underground, especially within 2018, coming to an end a lot sooner than people were were imagining it was. Or wanted. Or wanted. <laughs> yeah. That's for darn true. They ended up, the, the some of the talent of Lucha Underground would end up doing a co-promoted event at WrestleCon 2018 with Impact Wrestling. This would see Penta become the Impact World Champion for a little bit of time. Yeah, this and is it, one of the uh, the matches of all time. It absolutely is. We talking, we're talking about one of the feuds, most famous feuds he had in Impact was with Sammy Callahan. And we're talking about this one from i believe it was uh from august of 2018 the mexican death match oh, man 
I do like me some death matches. This one was a lot tamer in comparison to the Cerro Miedo match. That's for, for, for certain, especially because I think at this time, Impact were live streaming on Twitch, their episodes of Impact Wrestling on Twitch. And so they had to kind of be beholden to Twitch's terms and conditions and what they can and cannot show. But That's such an interesting thing, Twitch. Twitch is the one giving giving Pentagon his paycheck. What a wild idea. I mean, I love the fact that the reason why Impact got kicked off of Twitch was because Rob Van Dam ended up having a, uh, I think it was a threesome on Impact. Yeah. <laughs> you know, living high, living that high life. God damn it, Rob Van Dam, you keep living that. Rob Van Dam, gets, he gets Impact kicked off Twitch for having Katie Forbes in shot. <laughs> God bless you, Rob Van Dam. Absolutely God bless him. God bless Rob Van Dam. Anyway, this match, they play into that quite well because there are certain hardcore spots that are quite inventive. Instead of fun tacks, it's Lego. Dude, I, I... I honestly have so much respect for anyone that takes a Lego bump. Yeah, like... The thing about... The thing about taking Lego bumps is that... Lego are one of the few toys which have like they have serious quality control. Yes. So yes. if you are like they are dead serious Them about it. Things they take... have corners. Yeah, like they like every single Lego brick is meant to be of the absolute utmost quality. That's why it costs so much. So anyone you're taking like a Lego brick, the best quality Lego brick possible. I do appreciate the fact as well as that uh it's that and D20s that seem to be awful for bumps. Obviously. No, it's D4s. Again, D4s. I would, I, I would... That that Brandon Cutler dice bump, I would need serious money to take. Yeah. Uh, I think I think I did get confirmation from Dino, who is friends with uh, with good old pretty Peter Avalon. Yeah. That spot sucked. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's just a bunch of sharp corners. Yes. <clears throat> I don't want any D&D dice and Lego bricks on my back as well but nah. great table spots of these two of course it ends with Penta attempting a package pile driver from the top rope onto a table but Sammy... and then Twitch come along and like TOS yes. can't do that so Sammy, <laughs> Sorry. So Sammy Callahan decides to do the pile driver instead <laughs> Um, for the free count. I wanted to show you this because it just it, it's a nearly interesting little couple of years before AEW where Penta is very a much a regular on impact and having these very tame in comparison matches to what he was having in Lucha Underground. One definitely was one that I definitely wanted to show you two because they are kind of sleeper hits in the realms of other matches that Penta has had. Not necessarily the best he's ever had, but ones that you should definitely watch for sh for sure. Um. Okay. Next match was uh, talking of AEW. It's time to talk about All In, gentlemen. It the is the original Ooh. All In. Um. Uh, I wasn't able to find a full version of this match, but I have seen clips in and about, and I remember watching this back when. It was first viewed. So it's him versus Kenny Omega in one of the big marquee matches of this one. Kenny Omega is a guy who understands the assignment when it comes to facing different types of, 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 of pro wrestlers. Oh, absolutely. Um, yep. I've always, like, we've talked about Kenny on numerous occasions, but Kenny's one of those guys that understands the art form of wrestling and knows how to 
work with his opponent incredibly well. And by God, does he work with Penta so well. He understands what's up. <laughs> yeah. Like, he understands the good lucha thing. <laughs> and these two just just bring it. They do a great spot where they kind of, like, Kenny, Kenny objects and flat out refuses uh, Penta to do the zero fear taunt, the zero miedo taunt right at the beginning. And then it mm-hmm. comes up with a great lucha, a lucha, a lucha spot of, uh, of reversals, arm bar, like arm rakes into, into flips, into reversals, into counters. And then of course, Penta and Kenny just decide to fly all over the place. Yeah. That's great, great spots. Eventually, of course, Kenny does get the upper hand on Penta. Uh, with the Snapdragon, one winged angel, the one, two, three. Of course, this match doesn't get fondly remembered as much for the in-ring content as to what happened after the match, when the lights go out and Penta seems to be absolutely fine after the match, but gets then gets receipt and then does a code breaker to Kenny, revealing it to actually be Chris Jericho under the mask. <laughs> this Chris Jericho, of course, being under contract with the WWE at this time, as well, at mm-hmm. all in. So, yeah, again, it's another match that I did want to show because of its importance that this was the time where this is now where Penta's now fully made his impact in America. And this is basically the, the, the point where he gets signed to a contract, basically, and he's in, on his way to AEW. <laughs> it, it's crazy to think about. Crazy, crazy. Um, and crazy could could that it could have gone two one of two ways, honestly, for that event. Because apparently, from what I heard, Triple H was watching it very fervently. Was. Uh, told the told Kenny and the Bucks good luck for the for the event, and so was Tony Khan watching the event as well. And I believe it was because of All In that the guys were given contract offers to WWE. And then Tony wanted to see if they could make their own thing. And of course, now we have AEW, which leads us into AEW. W. So, first match I wanted to show you, fellas, was uh, Penta versus Phoenix from 2020. This is when Eddie Kingston brings the Lucha Bros and uh, and the Butcher and the Blade together. And of course, this starts Eddie Kingston's, you're my best friend with I still love that part where he just puts his arm around and goes, You're my best friend! friend. You're You're my best best friend! friend. (laughs) This, of course, also was during this time where Pentagon had, quite honestly, one of the most iconic looks I think he's ever had. And I'm talking Mm. about Pentagon wearing the the green bowler hat for St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) <laughs> Do you remember that? St. Patrick's Penta goes so crazy. It's I don't remember this one actually. Right, I'm I gonna think need it to... was, I think it was I wanna say it was Joe from Damn It Vince that had that as his display picture for ages. I'm talking about this image, Reardon. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh my god, that goes so hard. I want to say it was Joe that had that as his display picture for a long while. Like a solid, like maybe a year. Tickle me, I'm Mexican-Irish. <laughs> I love it, it's so why great. Does, why does it one of the so well? One of the things I love about Penta, he is ready and willing at all moments to have fun. Yes. Yes. Now, if memory serves me correct, that's the same event where he ended up actually having a bit of a uh, of a sleeper hit against Cody Rhodes as well. He did, but we're not. This is a, this is a whole separate thing. Gone. I maintain, I will maintain, and people will not take this from me. 
Penta's um, promo on Cody Rhodes goes hard. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> it is straight up possibly a, like, in my mind, it could potentially be a top 10 AEW promo. Isn't that the to one be... where he gets Alex to translate everything he says? Exa- it is yeah. exactly that one. I love it. Yeah. It's so good. I remember lines from it. And I don't even speak Spanish. <laughs> I think that is what made, I think that's what got Alex Abrahentes over, honestly. It was. It was also what started Penta Says. Yes, that is, yeah, it did start Penta Says. <laughs> I love it so much. It's so good. It's a brilliant promo. Go out and find it. It's terrific. Um, it's on YouTube. Do it. Talking of terrific, let's talk of Ray Phoenix versus Pentagon. This would have been their second meeting, I believe, uh, in AEW. And this is, we are a few weeks deep into the Panasonic uh, as we're doing this, as, as they're doing this as well. And man, brother, it's, there's nothing, there's nothing quite like two luchadors who are brothers having a match together. <laughs> Honestly, there's something about when you're when there's blood relations between opponents that brings out the the most violent in the pair of the pair of them. <laughs> like Roos and Dralistico, like those two when they have matches together, absolutely bloody kick lumps out of each other. Of course, there was that Roos versus Dragon Lee match in Ring of Honor uh, last year that was absolutely awesome and full of piss and vinegar. And this match also. Uh, continues the Lutra tradition of piss and vinegar against your own brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, who better to wrestle the match with and who to know better than your own brother? And again, yeah. again I adore the fact that these two decide to go, yeah, you know what? Because this is so full of like anger and angst and we're two brothers kicking the shit out of each other. We'll rip each other's mask off. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Come on, right? We've all been... This is just the natural culmination of your older brother doing wrestling moves on you. Yes, this is how... This is how. This is where it ends. <laughs> and it's and it's great, because obviously they know each other very well. Yeah. <laughs> they just have... They have a... They have that mind to just how each other want to do stuff and things that they want to do and how to make that work. It is a very good encapsulation of modern lucha. <laughs> Yes. Oh gosh, it, I I do I really do like this match. As I said, in terms of what was happening at the time, they really needed. Uh, well, each company really needed to make sure that what they were doing was just kind of good matches in, in, in with each dynamite to keep people not thinking of what was going on in the world. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. at least one match every week during this time in Dynamite where I could go. You know what? That was actually worth watching Dynamite for that match alone. Um, it's a shame that it's not the case nowadays, really, is it? I mean, I say that, but All Out was actually, I would dare say All Out was a lot, was just a tiny bit better than All In. Oh, yeah, 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 no, like, it's a distinct, well, they hit it out of the park with, um, All Out. But no, yeah, this time of, of Dynamite was, was, was actually freaking awesome, and this match shows why, why they were so freaking awesome at this time. I think it goes to I think it just goes to show about what you can I was gonna say what you can reach when you kind of commit to certain things. I think the the key part is that obviously like they were running on slightly reduced things, so you had to kind of get more out of the people you have. Yeah. And this is a 
really good way to do that, especially if you want to just have something that you can just like. Um, <clears throat> I saw someone say that Tony Khan did plug and play book. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. <clears throat> and like that is something you can do with this. I I love this so much. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it's, yeah, I can't say any more than it's just like, you know, your typical Lucha Brothers facing off against one another grudge type match. Yeah. And that's basically the best way to describe this, except it's Penta and Phoenix, and of course, you know those two, they're going to go fucking mental. <laughs> ah, of course, you, I was going to say, right in the midst of recording this, gentlemen, uh, everybody, I can't find it. But Dan somehow comes in clutch and manages to find the <laughs> Don't question my methods. <laughs> All I'm saying is you've got Billy Billy and Daily Motion. <laughs> Bro, what can I say? I'm a master. <laughs> God damn it, Dan. Alrighty. This leads us, of course, to uh, a match we've talked about a lot. And of course, we talked about when it happened at All Out in 2021 was the cage match for the tag titles between the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks. <sighs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe at whenever this happened, this did take our match of the year. I believe so. I believe, I believe, this... I believe it did. I believe yeah. it did take our no, match. It was at least year. my match of the year. Oh, that's for I believe that's for I think it took, I think it yeah. both of yours. It took... Yours. Yeah, I think I, I I think it definitely went at least two, if not three for free. Yeah, you know, and what? if it wasn't free for free, I reckon it was like two. It was in the one spot for two of us, and then in like the top three for maybe you, Sam. Yeah, I you think know that's what it, how it was. You know what it was. I know my best match of the year, I because I found my old document for it, and my match, of course, was that incredible match between Wheelie Utah and Daniel Garcia, IWTV. That was it. Ah, the IWTV. Yeah. The 50-minute the hot box match where both of them sweated in, sweated out. It was great, that one. But no. I mean, what else, though, is there to really say about this match? Oh, man, it goes crazy. Yeah. I yeah. I think you if you want to hear my, my full thoughts, go back to that episode. But it's just so incredible. Like... All the great spots, all the great cage rat spots, the typical like pen, uh, like Lucha Bros Young Bucks spots, put together, of course, with just unbridled violence. Of course, we get the bloody tack shoe spot, of course, which is yeah, pretty typical for a cage match with the Bucks and Penta bleeding buckets. Yeah, is everything you could want exactly. I know, I know. No, for a lot it, of go, people... it, go, it goes crazy. Um, I know, but you have. Li I literally know what you're about to say, which is, I think some people say they do too much. <laughs> they do too much. I know for a fact that it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't one of Joseph's favorite matches of the year, and I can understand completely as to why it yeah. is. But like, sometimes uh, I, can I can completely understand not getting this. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes, as I always say to everybody, sometimes I do like my crazy over the top stuff in wrestling thing is i love all forms of wrestling i love my silly bollocks which is why i will always come to the defense of orange cassidy and there are times where i do like when it goes a little over the top of course maybe of course the the constant canadian destroyer spots maybe is a little too much even for me but no i do like when they do go a little no over no the but this, but this, this goes... going over the top it goes over the top but then i'd be like it's because correct me if i'm if i'm wrong isn't this a cage match for the titles 
Yes, it is. And yeah, so, so like, come sucks. on, come on. Of course, when you think about it, yeah, of course it's gonna go, <laughs> go sick. Like, it, it, it is is that not the time for someone to go crazy? Yes. And like, you know, I mean, obviously, like, it's just going into Lucha Star stuff. But like, I think there is a bit of the like, oh, okay, well, we're just gonna go for desperation and mm. whatever. And I'm sorry, right? I, I constant Canadian destroyers are like whatever, right? People maybe do them too much. Doing one off the cage, come on. It's. I mean, it's not yeah. going to be replicated anytime soon. So go on. See, Just have, see that's 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 what I'm saying. Right? It's not, it, Why not. Are you seeing that every week on every single indie show? No. That that should come on. We we can allow that. <laughs> you can you can allow that. I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> But also, though, like just stuff of how they play the visuals and everything. Fennec standing at the top of the cage goes crazy. Yeah. All the stuff that they do in this. And again, it's for the titles. It ends with the Lucha Brothers winning the titles, which is so good. They so deserved it by that point. In fact, by that point, they should have got it like six months earlier. Yeah. You are absolutely um, right. But, I mean, it, 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 to be fair, this match is a really, really great showcase for the two of them. Um, it's a really good showcase for AEW, and like in terms of just showing different wrestling styles and approaches, mm-hmm. um, and just it's really, really cool. Oh, rude! Um, it's really, really, it's really, really cool. Yeah, whoever whoever did that is a young bucks truther. Um, but um. No, it, it, it's a really, really cool match um, to show off, I think, how we can keep progressing stuff. Yes. Like, there's there's more to be done in a cage match. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a really cool... I think that's a really cool concept. Man, as I said, go back to that Chinwag Awards... Uh, that Chinwag Awards episode, because yeah. I think it exemplifies our... Everyone's love for that match, honestly. <laughs> so, what can we say as we end the, as we wrap this up a little bit more about the the so-called curse of Penta in a, in a sense? Because really, I can when we when we think about it, when I when I think about it, in terms of the curse, I, I guess the thing comes down chalks down to that Penta doesn't loses a lot more than he wins. Yeah, and also the the idea that the the actual curse is that like the actual gimmick of being a pentagon is cursed. Yes, <laughs> we should really like, kind of mention that. We should have mentioned that at the beginning. Then I think about it, but yeah. Yes, remember he is death incarnate, everybody. <laughs> yeah. So apparently, according to my research, the like any any like wrestler who has taken on the name of Pentagon apart from him has had. Bad things happen to him. Yes, this is this is the one. Like, if you want to talk about the curse of the name Pentagon, it's very weird in Lucha Libre, in the history of Lucha Libre, in that it's not been, it's been one that hasn't had a lot of luck with, and and kind of good fortunes for the people that have that name. It's like, uh, oh gosh, right. So Pent, the, the like Pentagon has been as as a as a kind of concept has been kind of around since the early. Oh, I want to say early nineties. 
probably. It's been around like the like Pentagon was around, I believe, around ninety ninety five, ninety six. He was known. I mean, they were no. He was known then in Espanto Junior. He would eventually become Espanto Junior. Most recognized for the ring name of Jesus Andrade Salas. Um, eventually, of course, would go on to then eventually uh, become uh, the uh, who was actually the nephew, I should say. Uh, his nephew would become, of course, Andrade. Um, of course, then we get the second Pentagon or Pentagon or Pentagon Black, which would have been around 96, 2000. As a matter of fact, I believe this Penta ended up making his debut in the WWF around 1998. During the, if you remember the Super Astros show that was syndicated in Mexico, Dan. Oh, that's getting into some niche lore. <laughs> I believe that he was around at that time, uh, was the second Pentagon, or Pentagon 2, uh, Pentagon Black, as he's known. Um, and then, of course, we have the third version. We have Viper, which was a, which was an, ex that was briefly used in zero, in Pro Wrestling Zero One. But either Pentagon, the original, like Pentagon 2, or was used, actually, was taken under the mantle, sometimes by Kazuhiko Masada as well, who worked a tour under that. Basically, what I can say about Pentagon Viper is that he was just pretty much a job guy, a masked bad guy jobber. That's the most zero one sentence you could have ever said. And of course, we have Lady Pentagon, and of course... Pentagon Cito. Do you know that there's actually been three versions of Pentagon Cito? This, this, was, this was my Pentagon lore that I shared before this episode. Yes. I yeah. never knew about this. Yes, which it seems Cito. weird to me. I I never knew this, and then I was searching up the gimmick because I was trying to like trace the. I was trying to like trace the lines because obviously the the Pentagon gimmick became up as an opposition to the re to the Luchador Octagon. Yes. Which in its own thing sound it feels strange to me. <laughs> but then going through because correct me if I'm wrong, there is also an Octagon Junior. There is an Octagon Junior and also yeah. an Octagon Cito as well. There you go, right? <laughs> and I, I was just going through this and I was like, oh okay, there's like a a mini Australia version of of the Pentagon gimmick. That's good. Then I saw there was three of them. <laughs> <laughs> And I was more just confused. Not by, like, the concept or anything. I was just confused that there was three of them. <laughs> yes, Pentagon Cito, Pentagon Cito 2, and Pentagon Cito Black. Which, I mean, like, power to them for, for, for going with it. Like, they, they didn't abandon it. And would you believe me if I told you that no one knows the identity of all three Pentagon Citos? <laughs> Keeping the gimmick truly alive and well. Oh yeah. <laughs> so basically, in terms of the terms of the success of who's been the most successful, dare I say it's. I mean, Pentagon it has to Junior. be. It has, it to, has be Junior, to be. Right. It has to be him, and that's part of why the Zero Miedo is around. It's him. It literally him going like, "Look, I know of the curse. I am aware of the curse. I don't care about the curse." <laughs> F fuck your curse. Yeah. <laughs> fuck your curse. I will wear my St. Patrick's Day hat. 
Wait, like the. I mean, I don't know necessarily what it is. I mean, I would say definitely this. Oh, Pentagon Junior has cracked the core of what Pentagon should be. Yes. I don't know if there's like a line of like what the Pentagon gimmick is supposed to look like. I'm not that deeply versed into Lucha. Um, but I think he has figured out what he wants from the character and what he wants to be. Yeah. And has kind of absorbed all the best parts <laughs> out of it from the hardcore matches to um, the Lucha side of things to the semi-serious, semi-funny to the almost like semi-mystical aspect. Mm-hmm. Because again, we can we can address this part of it, which is that Pentagon can change forms, uh, which was evidence when we were when we <laughs> went to uh, when we were at all in London, and that there is a distinction between uh, Pentagon Black, Pentagon Oscuro, Pentagon El Zeramiedo, <laughs> and Pentagon Junior. <laughs> Remember, they're all the same person. <laughs> Just, just, just. And like that there Pokemon. is all there is there is also Pentagon in the red gear, which doesn't have as far as I'm aware does not have an official name, but is also seemingly distinct. Pentagon. Maybe Rojas. that's just a pa- maybe that's just a palette swap. Pent- <laughs> Pentagon El Cerro Rojas. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I I think if anything you could take away from this podcast is uh yeah. Go watch Pentagon's matches. I mean, yeah, go watch yeah. Pentagon matches. Go watch Pentagon matches, if not for the moments where he's absolutely beating the hell out of someone and then does, like, a strut that I can only describe as looking like the Crash Bandicoot sneak. Whoa! Oh, my God. <laughs> it really is the Crash Bandicoot. You're really putting the really the perfect, like, analogies today, Dan. You know what, Dan? Gonna... I don't when it com- when it comes to analogies, it's basically the only way my brain sees the world. I can't add anything. <laughs> my brain more to exists. That. My brain exists to link between two separate entities that I find a relation between. I can't add to that, Red. Can you? <laughs> it's the only. It's the only way I can do. Like again, if no one's seen it, you under you understand what I mean if you see the two side by side. It doesn't matter because I love Penta's whole strutting thing in the middle of matches. It's yes. great. Yes. Oh man, I so, love it so much. That is the perfect way to end this episode, gentlemen. We are <laughs> well into the depths of Hispanic Heritage Month, and coming up on the next episode, speaking of the man that we just uh, that we mentioned, of course, a little bit before the end. We're going to be doing a retrospective on Andrade El Idolo. His time as La Sombra in, in CMLL, his time in Japan, of course, which would lead to Los Ingobernables de Japón. Of course, his uh, involvement in the original Los Ingobernables with, with, with Roosh, eventually going in to NXT, where he wasn't really used incredibly well up until the point when he became NXT champion. And then, of course, leading into his main roster debut, and eventually where he is now in AEW. It's going to be an interesting look of a guy who has had a lot of peaks and troughs since coming into America, but one that I can definitely... I guess we can talk about what his where his future lies, and hopefully 
it'll be beating up Sammy Guevara. <laughs> that is all coming up on the next episode, though. Until next time, I have been Sam. This has been Dan and Reardon, and you have been listening to the Sweet Chin Wag podcast. We will see you, as always, on the next one. Hopefully when it's a lot less humid. We are, we are so hoping. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.